Hello, everyone. We'd like to welcome you to the Crossroads podcast. I am your host, Dr. Bruce A. Smith. Yes, we got the mic working today. I don't know how we did it, but we see that Dr. Adams is here. So we're going to turn everything over to him. Go ahead, Doc. Thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Smith, producer, the man that I call the Bishop of Broadcasting, none other than Dr. Bruce A. Smith. And we are recording live through BVS Gospel Net, where we are small, yet we stand tall. We may be small, but I want to tell you, none are larger than BVS Gospel Net. Thank you so very much. We are coming to you on this Saturday, January 16th, AD 2021, and the year 5781 uh, um, in the Hebrew calendar year. And we thank God for you on today. This is our podcast, Crossroads, where our symbols are the interstate markings of Interstate 40 and Interstate 55, where North and South meets East and West, where we're coming together and where we come together. And when we come together, it is the epicenter and it is the center point. It is the crossroads. It is where we discuss contemporary topics of interest with leading men and women in business and industry, in religion and education, politics and government, in community development, as we deal with topics of public safety and health and wellness, issues that all of us have major concerns about as individuals, groups, and as a nation. And today, we continue our topic of using God's medicine for abundant living. Our subtopic and heading, eating to live or living to eat. Last week and the previous weeks, we have explored the fact that God's words are stepping stones and not stumbling blocks. We have discussed the fact that God's word is our medicine. And the question was asked, is there no balm? Is there no salve? Is there no medicine? Is there anything that we can use in Gilead or in this world that is good for the healing of the nations? There is a balm and there is healing. But like faith, we have to step out on God's word. We have to believe uh, that God has provided everything for us through his word, which is found in what we call the Bible or the books, in which I use the acronym for Bible, believers, believers inspired by living examples. And there is a word from the Lord throughout the 66 books of the Holy Writ, beginning in Genesis and ending in Revelation. And even at the end, he tells us 
about his word in the form of nature when he says in Revelation 22 and 2, and the leaves of the trees are good for the healing of the nations. It was by a plant that brought sin and death and disease and destruction into our world. And it is also will be by a plant that will bring healing unto the nations by a tree. And so we thank you this morning for we realize that as George Bernard Shaw once said, progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. And so we are here to be change agents. And we do that by providing you with information for you to make up your own minds about what that is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God for you, your life, for your family, for your ministry, for your business, and every walk of life in which you are a part of. And so today, we want you to hear what the Word of God has to say about what is written in his book for our benefit, for our health, and for our wellness. One writer says, above all things, God desire is for us to prosper and be in good health, even as our souls prosper. And so we want the best for our souls, but we have to also understand that we must have healthy bodies and healthy minds, healthy attitudes and spirits in order for our inner man to grow to its fullest potential. And so we're back today discussing this topic about living to eat or eating to live. And everybody is affected by eating. As a matter of fact, when we are born, even before we are born, let me back up some, even before we are born, while we are yet in our incubation stage within the shelter of the bodies of our mothers, we are being fed. We have to be fed. And because of that, we are a generation that comes forth that is a byproduct or a product of what has already been placed in our bodies by our mothers. And whatever they eat, transfers to us. Whatever they drink is transferred to us. And so if we are fed with good nutritional foods of vegetables, of pure water and other fluids like the juices, then 
when we are born, we are healthy just as our bodies were intended to be. And there is no alternative to good health. Don't let anybody fool you. We have to have good health in order for us to live good productive lives. Jesus put it this way, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? What does it profit a person to go about in their adult life, getting all of the wealth and all of the other things, the resources and the riches of life, and we burn the midnight oil from midnight all the way to sun up, trying to figure out how to get this, that, or the other that will enrich ourselves. And just as soon as we obtain them, we spend an inordinate, uh, uh, inordinate amount of time trying to maintain them and hold on to them, all the while neglecting our bodies, not sleeping properly, not eating properly, not regenerating ourselves properly. And as a result, our bodies began to deteriorate sooner than it should be. And we find ourselves with all of our wealth trying to maintain all of our health. Then there are others because of one situation or another, they use food as a way to escape reality. Sometimes it's because of a life-changing event. It happens in their lives and it happens suddenly and without warning. It could be an accident. It could be the loss of a significant other. It could be a broken relationship, one in which you place some trust in somebody and that trust was violated. And as a result, we find that there are many people in order to cope. Some will go on drinking binges. Others will go on other lifestyle negative binges, and then many others will also start to eating, and that eating soon gets out of control. I want to tell you that we at doTERRA, of which I am a member, which brings health and wellness products in the form of essential oils and spices, in the form of uh, health and wellness products. All of these things are good, but it also says to us that not only must we maintain, but there are times when our habits of eating gets out of control. Why is it out of control? 
Well, we have to go back and look at what has been done in the past. There was a time when America and the world were just healthy. Oh, I know we've had famines all over the land at one time or another. And that there have been uh, food scarcities and rationings. But for the most part, we have not had this problem of obesity that is now so prevalent in America and throughout the world. What is going on? What are some of the factors that has caused us to have all of these health problems? Thank you, Shanta, for joining uh, Ms. Parrish on this morning. Why are we so inundated with health problems here, there, and everywhere? all over America, all over the world. We're having problems with our health and our wellness. When one time our nation, and especially in this region that we call the Delta, was one of the most healthiest in the nation. And Healthcare providers and scientists could point to what is known as the Delta region and say, look, let's study what is going on. Why are these people so healthy? Why are they living longer? Why are they having less health problems and issues? 45 years ago, This region was 40% lower in health problems than the rest of the nation, except the Appalachian region. And all of a sudden, 45 years later, the national average is lower than the Delta region. The Delta region has spiked and become a hot spot, plagued with the nation's high death rate for colorectal cancer. And I think it was somewhere that that uh, Hippocrates, the uh, uh, who is the uh, physician of medicine at one time, uh, talked about uh, all problems begin in the gut, in the intestinal region. And if you can control that, you can control health. But we, now we also understand, as Jesus said, it's not what goes into a man, but what's come out of him that defiles him. And the problem with what's happening is, it's not coming out. He said, no problem in ingesting if you can bring it out. But the problem is, it's not coming out. It's staying in that region. And as a result, 
of staying there is presenting a health crisis with us. And the health crisis starts is when our immune system overworks and overloads itself because of toxic overload, which goes back to the fact that the region in the Delta was lower because number one, to put the food was pure. The ground and the earth was pure. The seeds were pure. And because when you factor all of these things in, the water supply, the sea and the earth and the lack of pesticides and insecticides going into the ground, it produced healthier people. I want to thank you this morning. Thank you for being a part of this discussion. And I know that I presented some background information. And if you're on the line today, and if you want to make comments at this time, please feel free to do so. Or if you have questions and you want to discuss them, use your inbox to write your question, and we will be glad to discuss them and to acknowledge you on this morning. So if you are on the line and you have a comment or question, because I sometimes get on a roll and I forget that there are others who are on the line with questions or comments. So if you have one at this time, feel free to do so. Thank you so very much. We will be getting uh, back to your question. Good morning to you as well. And so what we have discovered through research is that this region called the Delta has become a hot spot. Just as we look at the mapping of the coronavirus, it seems like America is a hot spot. And there are only a few regions in this nation and in the world that have not been so overwhelmed by the virus. And so we're looking at what are we going to do? We know the problem. Are we going to ignore the problem? Are we just going to report on the problem? Or are we going to do something about our problem? Number one, there is no nationwide plan 
in effect, just like the nation has tried to come up with a nationwide vaccination plan for the COVID-19 vaccine. Unfortunately, our United States is only united in name only because we have 50 states. We have 50 different organizations and everybody is doing their own thing. And as a result of that, nothing is coordinated to the point where a vaccine can be distributed, vaccine uh, can be used by healthcare providers in a systematic way so that everybody can be vaccinated within a certain period of time. Unfortunately, uh, that has not ha uh, happened. And so since there is no nationwide vaccine program or process in place, neither is there a nationwide program in place to fight obesity. There is no nationwide program in place that will help to clean up the toxic chemicals that are sprayed on the land. Chemicals that are discharged in our waters. And I would venture to say that something has come up recently that has reared its ugly head. And that is in the state of Michigan and in the city of Flint, where industrial waters, polluted waters, got into the water supply. And people are sick and sick and sick, and they don't know how much of an effect it's going to have on future generations, although they do know there will be some. On the one hand, we've got obesity because of overeating and overdrinking and overindulging. And on the other hand, we've got a healthcare problem that's dealing with what is going into the ground and what is going into the water and what is going into the air. And all of it, all of it has to do with what is going into our bodies. The transmission point, whether it's from plants that are, uh, and I mean industrial plants, industrial manufacturers, I mean companies that produce your bottled sodas, that produce uh, your foods in cans, that produce uh, foods in terms of your snack foods, your cakes, your cookies, your chips, you name them. They're all saturated with ingredients 
that may preserve the food, but are harmful for our bodies. And the question we're still asking you today, are you eating to live or are you living to eat? American adult overweight has increased from 63.2 million to over 130 million since 1970. That's over twice as many who are now overweight since 1970. So many of us have become so overweight, we are now classified as obese. And obesity is now officially a disease. The number of overweight children between the ages of 16 and 18 has quadrupled from 2.8 million to over 11 million. This is a great concern because if children between the ages of 6 and 18 are overweight, 11 million and counting, over half of all American adults now overweight and out of shape. And children are being affected faster than ever because they see what is being presented to them on television, in newspapers. And so we find out that we have a problem. America, we have a problem. I have one comment that was said that a few years ago, there was a 30 second announcement uh, acknowledging uh, lead in Memphis water it's not just Flint. And I remember that when I was in the teaching uh, profession at one of the schools that we were in, that they would have to test the water very periodically. Because if I'm not mistaken, the pipes, they were old. These uh, The school was built during the um, days of uh, the WPA, Works Progress Administration, and that was during the time of uh, the, the, the situation uh, that was dealing with people out of work. And as a result, the school was built with funds from the WPA as a project, but they also put in lead piping. And I remember very often periodically, the water supply would have to be cut off so that they could go in and test the water. And yes, what lead is a problem, but 
our problem is more than just laying. It's one of the substances that goes into the impurity of waters. But when you've got industrial chemicals and industrial runoff getting into the water, you really have a situation that is way out of control. And if we don't change, these things will lead to type 2 diabetes, a chronic illness that leads to crippling conditions, which includes blindness and asthma, heart disease, depression, and even death. So we do have a problem. America has a feeding problem. And unfortunately, we don't do enough to warn people and to educate people about the need to watch what they eat. And many people are living to eat rather than eating to live. I want to tell you that there are some places in this world and we can discuss the different foods and we will discuss them in our next show. I want to make sure that we spend adequate time talking about the different foods that are available for us to eat, the different liquids for us to drink that will be able to help our bodies. And there are cultures, there are cultures where people tend to live the longest. And these are called longevity, longevity hotspots. Just that there are disease hotspots, COVID-19 hotspots, uh, colon cancer and colorectal cancer hotspots, which is the 94 counties making up the Delta region from Southern Illinois, down through Missouri, down through Arkansas, down through Tennessee, down through Mississippi, and down into Louisiana, encompassing over 400 and some miles from a north-south direction and over 120 to 150 miles in an east-west direction. That's a lot of territory where people have an overabundance of colorectal and colon cancer as part of that region. And so there are longevity 
hot spots. Let me just give you these hot spots that's in the world. Number one, Sardinia is an island of Italy. And most of the people who live there are shepherds. They eat a Mediterranean diet. And this diet is high in beans, is high in sourdough bread, and the beverage that they drink is high in flavonoids. It's a wine called Canana. In this area, they are not trying to get to Burger King to have it their way. They're not trying to get to KFC where they have 11 different herbs and spices placed in the chicken. They're not trying to get to the various restaurants where you can indulge. You know what I'm talking about. The buffets where you've got 120 items on the menu, ranging from soups and salads all the way to your sugar-laden desserts. But they have a Mediterranean diet that's high in beans. And we don't like to eat beans and we don't wanna give them to our children but we've got to be creative in how we eat and how we present our food to our family. So number one is Sardinia, an island of Italy. Number two, Okinawa, Japan, where the women live longer than women on average anywhere. They have a plant-based diet. They have a diet that's high in tofu. They eat melons and they don't mind the bitter melon. Anything bitter with us, we want to saturated with sugar. Just like our children don't like cereal unless it's full of sugar. They want the honey nut brand because it's saturated with sugar. They want the Fruit Loops saturated with sugar. Frosted fr Flakes saturated with sugar, but they eat the bitter melon and they also consume the turmeric. And as you know, turmeric is also one of the essential oils that we use 
and doTERRA product line. It is a great oil. Another longevity hotspot is Nicoya, the Nicoya Peninsula of Costa Rica. And there they eat the foods of the corn tortillas, the black beans, and the squash, and all of the tropical fruit down in Costa Rica. And you already know that there are a lot of oranges and bananas and other grapes and other tropical fruit that is grown in Costa Rica. And the people tend to live long lives because they're not living for the 4th of July. They're not living to go to the restaurant and order a rack of ribs, a half rack of lamb, a rack of this or a rack of that. They live to eat what is available. Fruits and vegetables, high in flavonoids and protein, vitamins and minerals. It's another longevity hotspot. The fourth one is Icaria in Greece. And there, the lifespan averages eight years longer than the average American lifespan. Why? Because their diet includes a lot of vegetables. Something that we almost have to coax our children into eating because they haven't acquired the taste for vegetables, but they've acquired a taste for meat. They've acquired a taste and you give them that chicken drumstick or that chicken wing. They've acquired a taste for meat, for that hamburger, for that happy meal of chicken nuggets, fries, and other things. And they want to, it always comes with some kind of a beverage a carbonated soda when they should be drinking milk. But here in Greece, that diet is hot vegetables. Beans and olive oil. Where they don't mind sprinkling the olive oil over their salad or in their food, or cooking with it. Roasting and baking with it. The other thing that they do is they drink the herbal teas and they include in their herbal teas sage, 
oregano, and rosemary. We have these same essential oils in our doTERRA inventory. Clarisage, oregano, and rosemary. And then they include in their diet a variety of greens. The kale. Superfood. The greens that we don't like to eat except if we eat out because we don't want to clean them ourselves. It's all right if somebody else does it, but they pride themselves on going to the markets or even growing their own greens. And 40 years ago, and until recently, in our rural areas and even some of our plots in the city, the families would grow a row of this and a row of that, a row of green beans, a row of peas, a row of corn, some cabbage, some peppers, bell peppers, green peppers. And the reason I know is because my dad came from Mississippi and my mom wanted a house that had some land in the back. Didn't want, she couldn't stand an apartment. And everywhere we went, he would have a garden and it would contain some fresh vegetables. And we acquired that taste because we could see the seed being planted in the ground. We could see the plants coming up. And once they started coming up with the beans, he knew how to put sticks in the ground and let the bean grow up on the, on the, on the sticks. And he would make wire and the greens and the beans, excuse me, and other vegetables would grow up. And all he would have to do is pick them off. But we are not doing these things now. And that's why we have a, an, a myriad of health conditions and problems. We are not doing what they used to do. I do have a comment and says that sometimes it helps to start with just one or two goals to make the transition to healthy eating. For example, start with a green smoothie. I agree with you. We have to start simple and we have to set realistic goals. That's why many times our New Year's resolutions fail us Number one, they're too broad. And anytime you have something that's too broad, you don't know where to start with. And when you set a real realistic goal, let it be something that you can accomplish and see your accomplishment being made. And then there ought to be some intermediate goals 
and long range goals? What is the end result of what you're trying to accomplish? And then you ought to have some steps on how to get there. And then you have to look at what are some of the obstacles that you may encounter along the way. You can't put all of this stuff in your head. You've got to put it down on paper. You've got to see it. You've got to hang it somewhere. I know some people put theirs in front of the refrigerator. If that's where you want it to be, that's fine. Some people put it on a cabinet. Some people put it on a table. Some people put it in a convenient place. Some people look at it in the mirror, put a piece of tape on it, and wake up to it. But whatever it is, I certainly agree that if you want to change, you've got to make lifestyle changes and you've got to have goals and objective and ways to achieve. And what happens when things don't go as planned? What are some of the ways that we can adapt in order to overcome? And so in Acaria, Greece, they use a variety of super greens because they understand that they are eating to live and not living to eat. Then the last number five hot spot for longevity, believe it or not, is in California. It is in a place called Loma Linda. And in Loma Linda, it is inhabited by Seventh-day Adventist members of that church. And they take their diet from the Bible. Their diet is mostly plant-based and with seed-bearing plants. In other words, they go from Genesis and they look at what has the Most High specified in his word. As I said earlier, for me, the word Bible acronym is believers inspired by living examples. And they are living examples because they are five in the top five in terms of longevity of life and good health and wellness. Even in the midst of this Western culture and Western society in which we live, they use each other. They use each other in a relationship and a fellowship kind of way to help to reinforce one another and to draw strength from each other so that they are not tempted to do that which is outside of their norm because they can either be inundated with so much advertisement on our radios and on our TVs. Thank you, What's Up World. Thank you for joining us.
on this podcast on this morning. What's up? Living to eat or eating to live? All of us have to eat. But we don't have to eat what is presented to us. Those young men who were brought captive into Babylon, they were at the king's table. You know they were going to be well fed because they couldn't look scrawny and puny. And as Jerry Lawler used to say when he was wrestling a jabroni, they were being fed with some of the best off the king's table. But the Hebrew boys said, we can't eat this. This is not our diet. Whereas others would have said, okay, well, I'm in a foreign land. I've been taken captivity and I'm living here in the palace. I may as well conform. I may as well follow the norm and do what the rest of them are doing, eat what the rest of them are, do, are eating. I'm sleeping where they're sleeping. I'm living where they're living. I may as well conform. But they say, no. Hold on just a minute. We've got another diet. And that diet that we eat we want to prove whether or not it's good or it's or better. And so they were given an opportunity. And when they presented themselves before the king, along with the others, the Bible said they were fair looking. They were more fair looking. They were healthier because they chose a diet that was indigenous to them. And they didn't conform to what was put before them. And so when we have that choice, we have to choose what is good and what is perfect and what is the will of God for our lives. And so in Loma Linda, the Seventh-day Adventists are part of the five longest living cultures in the world. It doesn't mean that others don't live long lives. That's not what I'm saying. And we do have instances are people individually, <clears throat> excuse me, who live to be 105, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. My mentor, the late Dr. G.C. Simpson, 107, I believe. There have been others all around the world who live extremely long lives. 110, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 and 17, 100 years. 
but it's not the culture. It's not the people themselves, it's individuals. And so when we live We ought to enjoy what we're eating. Too much of a fast food frenzy. Is this what you're eating? Is it nourishing to your health? Are you eating to live or living to eat? Because if you eat to live, you will live life. But if you live in to eat, you'll kill yourself. Are you going to poison your children? Or are you going to help them to, lead, uh, to, to live life as well as they can? If you have family and friends and co-workers whom you care about and whom you see are suffering, ask them, are they eating to live? or living to eat. Oh, I know some people fall into some relationships and they're hurt. And the next thing you know, when you see them, they have just been like, a, they've become like helium balloons. They've blown up. They've eaten all of this fat, this sugar, these carbohydrates, and they don't even resemble themselves. And you shake your head. You shake your head. And sometimes we don't want to confront them in love. We, wanna, we don't want to confront them and say, hey, let's talk about it. What can I do? I have a listening ear. I will have a relationship with you just as the lawyer has with his client. It'll stay here. I'll have a relationship with you just as the physician has with his patient. It'll stay here. But let's talk about it. And that's where we are in life. We have got to hold each other accountable if they are our friends, if they are our loved ones. We got to speak to them in love. And sometimes they will fall out with you. But it's only because you become their conscience and they don't want to deal with what's in their conscience. They're trying to suppress it. They're trying to ignore it. But the pain won't go away. And the more they eat, the more they become obsessed with eating. a vicious cycle that ends up at General Hospital. 
And sometimes we help people to not reach that final stage. And they may not come back and tell you. Some will and some won't. But they know that they have been confronted about what is going on with their life. And then there are the other side of not only obesity, which we haven't discussed, and that is people starving themselves. And we'll talk about all of these things that is the other side of the spectrum. People overweight and then people underweight. But whatever it is, we have to eat to live or you live to eat. I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank all of our supporters. I want to thank all of our listeners. I want to thank our producer, Dr. Bruce A. Smith, a dear friend of mine. Love him dearly. And I thank him for the work that he is doing and being a catalyst for people to make change in their lives by producing shows that will go all over the world and all over the universe. I want to thank him for that. And I want to let you know that you have been listening to our podcast, Crossroads, where North and South meets East and West. We're coming together, the epicenter and center point, where we discuss contemporary topics of interest. It is Crossroads. Thank you so very much as we continue our message on using God's word for abundant living. Until next time, God bless you and God keep you is our prayer for you and your home and your family. Be blessed to be a blessing to someone else. Have a great day.